Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more, and you can make money from your podcasts. It's everything you need to do to make a podcast in one place. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, I like to say that the consumers uh, are like deers and the deers have guns. Hey, welcome everybody to Inspiring Growth, where we inspire growth with leaders and their organizations. I'm your host, Mark P. Fisher, and in the studio with me via Zoom from the West Coast is Austin Fisher. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got a couple of topics that I'm pretty excited to chat about. We're going to be talking a little bit about online brand management and how it affects your organization, whether you know it or not. Yeah, I'm glad we're covering this thing because uh, it, we've gotten to the point now where stars on a review rating for any product or service is the new currency. It's the credibility currency on whether you're going to buy something. You know, when someone asks, okay, I get reviews, they're up, they're down, but why are they so important? Why are they so important? Well, I think what's happened is that in the old days, companies could use marketing hyperbole and say things like, we're the best, we're the greatest, we, uh, we have the fastest, smartest, strongest. And that was pretty much what was believed. In today's economy, um, I like to say that the consumers uh, are like deers and the deers have guns. They can essentially say it was a good experience or a good product or it was a terrible experience and a terrible product. Today, I had lunch with your mother, and it was a brand new restaurant, a Hawaiian place uh, in Bel Air, Maryland. Just happened upon it because we were out riding our bikes, and it was a five-star experience. It was well-priced, really unique food, great service, uh, great idea. And uh, so, me, being the curious guy, I was like, well, tell me about the guy who started this. And it turns out he, he married a Hawaiian woman, and they went to Hawaii, and he, he just fell in love with the Hawaiian food, so he wanted to bring it back to the States. It's an unchained, it's a one-only one uh, place, but the vibe was great, the food was unique, and, you know, later tonight, I'm going to go online, and, and I am stingy with five-star reviews. I mean, stingy with five-star reviews. I... I don't know, on TripAdvisor, I don't even know how many I have so far. I think I have over 300 reviews with who knows what else. But I think what happens is, is when we're looking, scrolling through something and trying to decide, we are influenced by the community of those, whether it's Yelp or TripAdvisor or Trustpilot, whatever it is, Google, people are influenced by that. Yeah, so we're going to talk more about that a little later in the show. Do you want to talk and tell our listeners about who we're sponsored by today? Yeah, I'm excited about our sponsor today. It's Bomba Socks. Uh, I met Bombas, those folks uh, up in New York. They wisely, um, they, they, well, I don't know if it was wisely. It was probably more of an accident, but the founder was interacting with folks from homeless shelters. And as they were talking with homeless shelters, they found out that socks are the number one most requested clothing item at homeless shelters. And because I've been working with over 300 organizations that serve those experiencing homelessness and hunger and abuse and addiction, 
I was thrilled when I heard the Bombas, uh, well, at the time, they were giving away one pair of socks. They donated one pair of socks for everyone purchased. And so I was up in New York. I met with the team, and uh, we actually premiered the movie, Same Kind of Different as Me, which is painted on the canvas of a homeless shelter. And to date, as this recording is being done, Austin, 9,774,524 socks have been donated by Bombas. And the socks are good socks. I, I remember we, we got some for all our kids last Christmas. Yep, I've got some. Now, I'm curious. I love the business model. I'm seeing more and more of businesses trying to give back in some way, in a very public way. Um, with the purchase of their products. Do you feel like that is a trend that is kind of a new thing? Is that something yeah. that's always, it's always been around? So it's well, I think new. Tom's Shoes was pretty famous with it. Uh, but, uh, you know, social entrepreneurs, I'm watching that trend move higher and higher up the, uh, I don't know, the, the scale. Uh, when, I, when I met the folks at Bombas, I realized, you know, this is a hook. This is definitely a hook within their business, but it's also a social responsibility. And uh, as a matter of fact, all of us, it was like, I don't know, almost 500 that were previewing the movie. They gave us all bags of socks to give away to anyone that we might see on the street that was needy. And true story, Ron Hall and Beth and I were walking back to our hotel. It was late at night in New York City. And as we were walking down the street, I saw a guy who claimed to be homeless and he was coming toward us. And what do you think he didn't have on? Shoes and socks. I, I literally thought we were getting punked. I, I thought some, there was a camera from Bombas, something going on here, but we were, it wasn't. It was, it was legit. We were walking to the hotel. This guy had no shoes and socks. And Ron and Beth engaged the guy. And, and uh, as Ron does so well, uh, just really encouraged him, gave him a bag of socks and uh, so anyway, I, I just think I, I keep them in my car. When I go to ball games. I bring four or five pair and I hand them to f people. But I sit down and I talk. I listen to their story. And uh, I try to engage them and help them feel human. So I, I, I'm grateful that Bombas uh, does what they do. And I'm grateful that we can uh, blow a little wind behind them today on Inspiring Growth. Great. Bombas, you want to tell them about the website and so forth? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you can check them out at bombas.com. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com. If it's your first time there, they have a 20% promo discount if you sign up for their emailing list. So go check them out. They're good socks. Okay, so as a leader within organizations, you were able to see the actual trends in real time, uh, the importance of online branding and online presence. So tell me about when was the first time that you, it really clicked for you that there's this whole world of companies online and it's important? Well, actually, I, it's kind of personal because it relates to you. Um, you had chosen to do a gap year in what, what year was that after high school? 2008. Okay, so 2008, and we decided to take you, you, you had chosen a school in Austria, which was pretty exotic on the base of a mountain, the ski resort. And uh, your mom and I are like, hey, we're going to go with you and take you and <laughs> drop you off there. And I remember months before we left, your mother was online constantly looking at all these things. And I finally sat with her one point and said, what are you doing? She goes, I'm reading reviews. I said, reviews of what? The hotels, the cars, the experiences. I'm reading all these people's experiences. And I was like, that, that's a thing? 
And she said, yeah. So we went and we pretty much followed the reviews. We also had Trip, um, what's that guy's name? Rick Steves uh, book with us as well. But, you know, we went to Europe and um, when we got back, I said to Lori, are you going to write reviews? Kind of, you know, get back into the community. And she's like, why don't you do it? You're the writer. And I was like, okay. So I opened up a, an account and I started doing reviews and I am in hundreds and hundreds of reviews since then. But that was kind of the, the beginning stages for me. And I remember when I was contacted by Entrepreneur Magazine and they wanted to talk with me about online reviews and what motivates a reviewer. I didn't realize how much I knew about reviews until they drilled down with all these questions with me. And and I, and I realized, you know what, reviewers have power. And that's where, that's where the phrase deer have guns now uh, probably was born. It's amazing how innocuously the concept of user reviews has just completely infiltrated our society. Yeah. Uh, I don't go anywhere or buy anything until I've pulled up a web browser and look for reviews of the product. Even the other day on Amazon, I purchased a $12 popcorn maker, but I spent a good 20 minutes looking at photographs, reading everyone's reviews, looking, you know, comparing different products and really trying to nail down, is this a solid purchase or not? And the reality is maybe even more so than just word of mouth, being able to aggregate hundreds and thousands of reviews ultimately shapes almost every purchase I make. Yeah. And, I, and same with me when I travel, uh, I have never, not one time in all of my travels, if I've chosen the number one or number two restaurant in a town from TripAdvisor, I've never had a bad experience. So it's, it's, the, new, it's the new currency. It's the new economy. What would you say to a business owner who says, you know, I recognize the importance of online reviews, but I don't have time to make a website. I don't have time uh, to really dive into that. What would you say to them? Uh, you won't be in business very long. Um, I, I like what Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, uh, said. He said that a brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. And that is online reviews. That is the essence of online reviews, which is why part of our company, Inspiring Growth, manages the online reviews for companies so that, uh, it, I, with my clients, I have every single online review being scanned 24 seven. And as soon as a review comes in, our company will respond oftentimes within several hours, positive or negative. And there's a formula that we've developed that helps us help our clients maintain a positive review status. Matter of fact, here's a little trivia question. If and if your product or service falls below a 4.0 on the five-point scale of reviews, okay, so it's 3.9 or below, guess what percentage of customers is willing to do business with you? Uh, I'm going to guess 75%. Huh. Actually, 12%. The data, the research shows that if you drop it below 3.9, you will lose the, you'll only get 12% of the customers. So it's pretty much you have to stay above 4.0 or you're in trouble. Is there a certain, uh, is there a bar on that five point scale that you recommend businesses stay above? Yeah, 
4.0. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I mean, if you can be at 4.5, 4.3, that's a great number. It's believable. You know, when people have, I have one client that still maintains a 5.0 on Google and it, it's got me nervous because I think some people who look at it are like, uh, really 5.0, but they're all legitimate reviews. How do you know they're legitimate? Okay. So I don't know if they're all legitimate, but <laughs> I didn't curate them. I didn't hire anybody to do it. I didn't pay anyone to do it. Uh, I reviewed them all. I looked through them and uh, it doesn't look like there's any phonies. See, cause that's a hot button issue right now is the okay. concept of fake reviews. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's an entire industry out there uh, based upon grabbing buyers and offering them incentives to either review or positively review products. And we've seen everything from offering discounts to products, free products, uh, something that Amazon is battling right now. And studies show that on Amazon, they have found that at least 1%, at least 1% of all reviews are fake. Now, 1% sounds pretty decent. But when you realize that Amazon on average has at least 200 million reviews on their website, that's 20 million fake reviews. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you and I stumbled upon a website that I, I now cherish. I depend on, I use with regularity. And what you do is you can copy the URL when you're looking at a product in Amazon, stick it in their browser, and it will analyze the reviews on Amazon for any product. You want to give that URL out? Yeah. So the URL is reviewmeta.com. Yeah. And I use it all the time now. Now, is this sanctioned by Amazon? Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Abs yeah, absolutely not. Because Amazon, though they recognize that they have an issue, certainly want to downplay it. And so they don't endorse any third party uh, meta reviews of their website. But so how does it work? You, you're looking at a product online. Let's just use Amazon, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're looking at a product and you want to make sure that the reviews are legitimate. What do you yeah. Do? So uh, I've done it on my phone and I've done it on my desk, the laptop. So if you're on your phone, you open up your browser to reviewmeta.com. Is that right? Sorry. Yep, that's it. Then you go over to your Amazon <laughs> app and you hit share. So like you were going to, so let's say you say a product, you know, uh, I want to buy this new uh, uh, headphones. <clears throat> so you hit the share button, copy that out of share, then go in, open up your browser into that reviewmeta.com, drop it in there, and then it'll analyze it. And then it goes like some magical uh, mystery tour. And then it'll show you two columns. One, these we believe are legitimate reviews. These are not. So uh, we can certainly go and test it uh, online right now while we're talking. Uh, I've done it where I've seen a review, which was like 4.8. I was going to buy some. Oh, I know. The USAA had an article last week and they said, here's the list of the top 55.0 reviews products on Amazon. I was like, First of all, how did they ever get USA to publish that USA today? Um, so I started looking at it. I was like, oh, I, like the 13th item. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. So I dropped it into Amazon. It had this 5.0. I 
pulled it up on review meta and it dropped it down to like 1.8. Wow. The aggregated fake reviews. And I was like, oh, never mind. So I didn't purchase it. And that, my friends, if you own a business product or service, as soon as a consumer smells some degree of distrust, it's over. You, you move on. You don't have time. Mm -hmm. Which is absolutely true when it also comes to an organization's marketing, their, uh, their mission statement. Anytime a reviewer smells something fake, it yeah. sets off that alarm, which I think has actually been heightened in the internet age. We are yeah. so used to constantly evaluating what is being put in front of us. I think there's this, this sixth sense being developed, uh, especially among the young, gen, younger generation who are being, yeah. who are, I guess you could say they are uh, on the tip of that iceberg. Is the phrase digital native still real? <laughs> I think so. I remember when you, when all our kids were, were just starting to uh, grow up and have digital devices and you built a computer and you know, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> the digital natives I noticed in that age bracket uh, could find information so quickly and, and quick and not only just find the information quickly, but also sort of have this, I don't know, this sniffer or whatever you would call it to say, this is BS. Like this is a bunch of hype and this is real. And it was, in part from the community, that sort of shared community perspective of I'm going to talk about this thing online, whether you like it or not. And it's constantly changing and evolving because now previously, maybe five years ago, I would have given way more weight to an online review than I do now. Yeah. Well, I was, I was consulting and speaking for a $98 million company this last week. And they wanted me to give a talk on inspiring growth. And I have a talk called the seven steps to growth. And I did a digital review of their organization. They have multi locations in many States and the average review for their company was 3.5. And it was uh, a shock to those who were paying attention in the organization, uh, how that was it, it was it was it was on their Facebook page. It was on Google. It was on a variety of different review sites, and and companies will ask me, "Well, man, fix fix my review problem," <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, fix your problem first. Like, pay attention to the problem, and then we can fix the online review." So it's not a magic like you can't go in there and just twist online reviews and make it look good. You really literally, the, the way I coach my clients is this, pay attention to the review, go in, make adjustments, invite people to review you again, and see the numbers increase. So when you say invite the reviewers to review again, what does that mean? Well, yeah, I, invite, I invite customers to review. For example, um, one of the very first organizations that I got really, really, um, I was going to say anal, but really focused on was Sandy Cove. Sandy Cove is a 152 room lodge on the headwaters of the Chesapeake Bay. At the time I was leading the organization and I saw this review wave starting to crest. And so what we did is at the end of every week when we had, uh, it, we had people in for uh, what was called family camp, we would say to them, hey, if you had a great experience, would you go home tonight and review us on TripAdvisor, on Yelp, on Google? 
and we didn't uh, we didn't give things away. Uh, we didn't bribe people with free stays. But so recently, I had some um, I had an LA film crew coming in doing some projects for me this last week, and I had them stay at Sandy Cove. And um, their reservation the day after the reservation, they got a thank you for staying at Sandy Cove. Uh, if you'd be kind enough to review us on, and there was three links: Google, Facebook, and TripAdvisor. And Sandy Cove got the they were. When it was, I, I, I can't remember, don't hold me to the details, but several years ago, six or seven years ago, they started getting the top uh, award in their category because uh, their reviews were so stellar. I mean, and it wasn't manufactured because they were faking and people were lying. They were having a good experience, but you have to combine that with an invitation. Absolutely. Because one of the harsh realities is if you are not asking people for people's opinion, most of the opinions you're going to get are disgruntled negative. Yeah. and negative because yeah. those are the people who are going to go out of their way to find a way to review the company as opposed to saying, hey, we invite you to share how much you appreciated uh, your service or product. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really where I started um, uh, testing all of these different responses to reviews and I think it's really critical that, um, well, let, let's talk about what I, there's three things that I think every single business should include in a, include in a response to a review. So first of all, if you're not monitoring your online digital reputation, start immediately. If you'd like, I will give you a complete free analysis at our Inspiring Growth website. So go to inspiringgrowth.biz scroll down to where you see a picture of a deer with a gun <laughs> because I believe the deer have guns. And then there's a little button you can click on and put in your company information and it'll, it'll take a few minutes to do the analysis, but it'll spit out a report on your listing and your reputation. Uh, this is just a free report that I give to folks. So if you're, if you if you own a company, your CEO, executive director or a marketing director, you're welcome to go do that. That's free on us. So, but here's what, here's what I've learned. When we respond to online reviews, it helps our Google juice. So Google is constantly crawling all of, all of these sites and um, the interactive part of a review. So if you just see a bunch of reviews with no response from the company uh, of the organization, um, that's, you know, one level of juice. But if you have an interactive uh, response, you're responding to the customers in their reviews, and that kind of boosts your Google juice, according to smart people. When we have a negative review, it is critical to include these three parts in your response. And remember, you're not really writing to the person who, who panned you and, and pointed out something terrible. Mm, that is so important to remember because too often people will get emotionally enmeshed oh, yeah. in that single person that they'll like you you're a liar and you 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 called and we told you and like i remember your, your mother and i went to uh costa rica and we stayed at a place and i almost didn't stay at this one place because the guy responded to a negative review so viscerally and personally uh but everything else was so great I just decided, meh, I'm going to go. And we actually ended up sitting down having breakfast with the guy. And, and I asked him about that. And he told me there was a big backstory. So here, here's, here's what we do. It's, it's critical within 24 hours to respond to a negative review, number one. 
in that review, you want to do three things. Number one, own it. Number two, apologize. Number three, offer to make it right, but go offline. Now, when there's a five-star review, my response is, I always, you know, our team will write, hey, thanks, Fred, for your five-star review for and name the client because that helps the Google juice. But if it's negative, then you want to do those three things. Now, so I'm going to read you a review that posted for one of my clients last week. Worst food ever. This is a youth camp. Worst food ever. For three days, nothing but cold food, overcooked vegetables, unrecognizable meat, paper-thin mattresses. Ugh, this is horrible. I know it's a youth camp, but for church people, I hear more swear words coming out of eight-year-old mouths than I could believe. Plus, the church counselors were as inept as the inconsiderate as the kids were that they were supervising. Don't go, people. Don't send your children and don't waste your money. Can you believe that? Wow. You see that review. You got your three points. You, you own it. You apologize. I should have listened. You apologize <laughs> and you encourage them to take it offline. Right. Which is, why is that important? Well, again, you're not writing for the person who is angry. Right. You're writing for everyone else who reads it. You want to demonstrate a humble spirit. You want to demonstrate a willingness to not be defensive and certainly not put a person down like, you know, you obviously are an idiot. You have bad taste and a weak stomach and whatever. Mm -hmm. And never forget that negative review has a thousand eyes on it. Your response has a thousand eyes on it. When you take it offline, you have the ability to, connect with and maybe address more personally the issues the individual has. But like you said, you are speaking to that audience that goes, okay, I see this product. I see the service. I see this negative review. How does the company handle it? Yeah. So this organization has a 4.7 Google review out of 162 reviews. So this is an anomaly. This was a bad day and we all have bad days. So what I wrote in this response was, oh my goodness, we are so sorry, Lillian, and and used her name. Although we are not sure about the other group who was so disruptive, we are grateful that you let us know about your difficult experience. Our guest services director, and I named the person, will quickly make things right for you if you would be willing to email him at, and I put the email. That was it. Great. We owned it. We apologized, we took it offline with making it right. And thousands of people have read that review in the last four days. Now, the interesting thing is you're able to respond to that person uh, in a cool, collected way. You have time to process what they've said. You can write them back at your leisure. You're not engaging in a one-on-one in the moment. Uh, But I found myself in that exact situation uh, recently where at one of the organizations I work with, Forest Home in Southern California, a uh, Christian camp and retreat center, I was giving a tour of our property to a gentleman who was interested in bringing a group of several hundred attendees mm-hmm. for a weekend uh, event. 
And as we, uh, we're about three fourths through the tour, I'm showing him meeting spaces. I'm showing him audio and video, uh, you know, uh, equipment, showing him the recreation about three fourths through the tour. He says, I have some questions for you in regards to some negative reviews your organization has received. He literally pulls out a manila folder and he has printed no reviews of the organization and goes through line by line. He had three of them. He wanted to highlight. He says, this individual said the food was awful. How would you respond to that? (laughs) Right there on the spot. Uh, Yeah. And so also, I think that was the moment for me, the catalyst in which I said, you know what, even though I am not a marketer, even though I'm not running the website, I need to know what our customers are saying. So one, I can have a response to the individual who's not related to that customer in any way, who has concerns and has some questions, which really, like I said, or which, which I think also highlights the point that even if you think you don't have time or you don't think these reviews matter, people are seeing them regardless of whether you are engaging those reviews or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if we don't pay attention as business owners and as people who care about the organization, uh, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, There are also great ways of sort of turning negative reviews on their head. I, I was walking by a, a restaurant bar one time and there was this, chalkboard stand outside the restaurant and it said something like come on in and sample what one Yelp reviewer said was the worst Jack and uh, Coke ever which I thought was hilarious I took a picture of it and posted it it was just it it turned it on its head it made fun of it and it, it made it interesting so like you said let's not try to be totally serious all the time and definitely let's not respond in a visceral, defensive, attacking way. That's funny you bring that up. Recently, I just saw a a photo online of a restaurant who will literally print out one-star Yelp reviews on t-shirts and have their waitstaff wear them around. No. Yeah. Let's let's promote them. Who are they? (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to find it, but I'm seeing seeing this one t-shirt. It has uh, five stars at the top and one of them is filled in and it says Danica F., just be aware that good American customer service will not be served here. <laughs> People are making t-shirts out of these things too. That's great. Uh, but that goes along with one of the three steps. Own it. Yeah. Just and, own it, man. And they're able to own it in a tongue in cheek way. Oh, uh, so they're good. promoting conversation. They're saying we're not going to be bogged down and held so back good. by these reviews. We're going to embrace them. Uh, and really, I think they did a great job of turning that around. Yeah. That's so good. The thing is, is I also want to, you know, I want to encourage you, our listeners, to be active community reviewers. Here's what happens. We go, we like, we try a nice restaurant and we say that was nice and we go on and we go home and we get into our regular life and we don't do anything. We don't review it. What I have found is that if you can, if you can just make a conscious decision to become a community activist, a reviewer. And you do it within that same day. Usually that's the best way to do it. So that night you sit down and you review what, wherever you experienced. It, it makes a huge difference on two levels. One, the community that shares and looks and, and reads reviews benefits. And you actually, 
I like what I heard someone say. Sometimes I don't know what I think until I write it down. And I think writing the reviews grants us a bit of clarity about things we like and we don't like. And it also is a nice way of of creative expression. Uh, Most of my reviews, I look for the backstory. Like I recently did a review for a place called Limestone Barbecue and Bourbon in Newark, Delaware. And it was a great experience. It was not a five-star. It was a four-star experience, uh, but mostly because they had just opened. But what was most interesting to me was I, I, I met the owner, and I, I wanted to know the backstory. And so he tells me the story about he and his chef, and his chef had, had beat Bobby Fay, Flay or something on some cooking channel. His, his chef said, I want to take you to this place in Texas. It's, a, it's an unchained, single-location barbecue place where people line up in the morning for lunch and it was a great experience and he says I want to bring that back to Delaware so I thought that was interesting so I wove that into the shape of my review you know more like a you know a bon appetit review than it would be a trip advisor review and some people wouldn't read all of that but I love to bring the backstory of a dream to my readers. So I think that's why Entrepreneur Magazine enjoyed writing about some of my little quips. Uh, So you said that uh, Entrepreneur Magazine wrote about one of your reviews? Well, actually I got, I was interviewed uh, and the article was published in Entrepreneur Magazine. And it was a, you know, it was basically a reporter that was like, what motivates a TripAdvisor reviewer? Let's talk to one. And so this person spent an hour on the phone with me and asked me all kinds of questions about what motivated me and where I saw reviews going and what I thought was the negative and positive side of reviews, how to respond to negative reviews An entrepreneur uh, published it uh, on online. Great. Uh, Well, let's not give too much away about it because you can find it on the inspiringgrowth.biz website. Uh, It's a neat little article. Yeah, I think, I think the article just highlights a lot about what we've been speaking about, uh, a little bit more of your opinion, nice summary. your voice, uh, and it's a great summary. So, if you have a chance, check it out. Right on. I got distracted because I just saw that the, uh, the Giants lost. Oh, that's good. I'm glad the Giants lost because we are Redskin fans around here. <laughs> Do you remember that time I took you and your brother Reagan to a Redskin game in San Diego? Mm-hmm. And it felt like we were the only people wearing Redskins gear in the entire stadium. Mm-hmm. And you remember I held up a big Redskins like blanket and some security guy came and made us take it down. No, I don't remember that. You don't remember. And you guys, your face were painted like burgundy and gold. And uh, the, we, we of course lost the game. And you, of were, course. We, you were like eight, 10 and your brother was eight. And you looked at me and said, we live in California and the Redskins are terrible. Can you tell me why we're Redskin fans? <laughs> and I said, way back when your grandfather, when I was a young boy and your grandfather took me to RFK stadium in Washington, DC, I became a Redskin fan. I still get that question out here. People ask, why are you a Redskins fan? I said, well, I was born into it. Yeah. It's an NFL thing. You can't, you really can't go against your father. Although one of your one of your siblings tried. Oh, how'd that work out for him? <laughs> we we don't speak about him. You tell everyone well, you have five kids. You actually have a six, but uh, he was disowned. 
Actually, he was so young. He was like five, six, six or seven years old, and he wanted he wanted to be an Eagles fan. So I took him to an Eagles game. Actually, I was going to take him to an Eagles Redskins game, and your mom was like, "Don't do that, please. That just will mess. Every, it just mess with his head." <clears throat> so we go to this Eagles game, and I remember walking through the gate, and some guy says, "Is this your first?" To, to my son, he was like six. Is this your first Eagles game? And and Brendan goes, yeah. He goes, come with me, come with me. And he takes him up to this counter. What's your name, your address? We're going to send you all this Eagles gear and, and get you all set up as an Eagles fan. Brendan was so excited. The two things happened. One, at the game, he got the worst nosebleed in the history of the universe. I mean, and nothing hit him. It just started. And then second of all, a week went by, a month went by, six months went by. Brennan never got anything from the Eagles organization. And he came to me and he says, Dad, I'm a Redskins fan. That's divine intervention. That's how I felt. (laughs) Online reviews. So, in summary, folks, you have a tool in your hand now to check Amazon reviews to see whether or not they are great reviews, honest reviews. That's reviewmeta.com. Number two, be a community activist. Write your reviews. Tell people what you think. Uh, be honest and uh, offer your opinion to the community that will be looking at that. So, that's all we have to say about reviews. Remember, if you want a free review analysis, of your digital reputation. Go to inspiringgrowth.biz and I will send you a free report on your digital reputation absolutely free. Well, thanks everyone for listening to episode four of the Inspiring Growth podcast where we inspire growth with leaders and their organizations. I'm Austin P. Fisher. And your host, Mark P. Fisher. One time we're going to have to tell people what the P stands for, but we'll do that on another show. Another time. Another time. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast to the Inspiring Growth Podcast. And I want to thank you on behalf of the entire audience and team at Inspiring Growth for listening again. Well, please share, like, and uh, write your reviews about the podcast. That helps a lot. And be a community activist. Review. Review. 